Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 51 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Brother Scudder continues to uh, list the grounds of false hope discovered and removed. But many of these presume further that their faith is a lively and saving faith because, as they think, they have repented and are become new creatures, and all because they had such enlightening as by nature man cannot attain unto. Nay, the word has affected them much and somewhat altered them from what they were, namely, Number one, when they were hearing a sermon or when God's rod was over them, they have mourned, wept, and showed some kind of humiliation. Number two, at the hearing of God's precious promises in the gospel, in the glad tidings of salvation, they have felt a taste of the heavenly gift and of the good word of God and of the powers of the world to come. And number three, they find that they do not commit many of those sins which they were used to commit and that they do many good duties towards God and man which they were used not to do. But what of all this? These men, as near as they come, yet going no further, are far from salvation. For the common gifts of God's Spirit, given unto men in the ministry of the gospel, may elevate a man higher and carrying him further towards heaven than nature, art, or mere human industry can do. And yet, if the saving graces of the same Spirit be not added, he will be left far short of heaven mere oratory in some pathetical preachers when they speak of matters doleful and terrible will move the affections and draw tears from some hearers. Likewise, a plain, powerful conviction of the certainty of God's wrath denounced and sense of some just judgment of God may bring forth some tears some humiliation, yea, some kind of reformation. Did not Felix tremble when Paul reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come? Acts twenty four twenty five. Did not Ahab humble himself when the prophet denounced God's judgments against him and against his house? First Kings 21. 21, 27, 29. Did not the Israelites oft when they were in distress and when God did not only warn them with his word but smote them with his rod, return and seek early after God? Psalm 78, 34. And whereas they say they have tasted of the heavenly gift and of the good word of God, and of the powers of the world to come, 
they may know that such is the sweetness of God's promises and such is the evidence and goodness of God's truth in the glad tidings of salvation that the common gift of the Spirit going with it, all the forementioned feelings may be wrought in men altogether destitute of saving grace. For did not the seed sown in stony and thorny ground go thus far? Matthew eight twenty through 22. Did not those mentioned in the Hebrews who notwithstanding all this might fall away irrecoverably attain to this much? Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. Now, if men not in a state of grace may go so far, as has been proved, then it must not be marveled that even such with Herod may also reform many things. Mark 6, 20. Besides, they mistake when they say they are changed and reformed if they still retain any bosom and beloved sin as Herod did. To change sins, one sin into another, is no change of the man, for he changes the prodigality of his youth into covetousness in old age, remaining a notorious sinner before God as well now as then. Judge the like of all other. Likewise to forbear the act of any sin because they have not the like power, occasions, temptations, or means to commit sin as in former time. This is no change. Sin in these respects has left them, not they it. For true conversion and repentance does consist of a true and thorough change of the whole man, whereby not only some actions are changed, but first and chiefly the whole frame and disposition of the heart is changed and set aright towards God from evil to good, as well as from darkness to light. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. Romans 12, 2. And whereas man is naturally earthly minded and makes himself his utmost end, so that either he only minds earthly things or if he mind heavenly things, it is in an earthly manner and to an earthly end, as did Jehu, 2 Kings 10. If this man have truly repented and be indeed converted, he becomes heavenly minded. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. He makes God and his glory his chief and highest end, insomuch that when he has cause to mind earthly things, his will and desire is to mind them in an heavenly manner and to an heavenly end. If you would judge more fully and clearly of this true change, see at large the description and signs of uprightness before delivered, chapter 11, page 158 at sequence.
Last of all, there are many who presume that, although as yet they have no saving faith in Christ, nor sound repentance, God will give them space and grace to repent and believe before they die. Whence it is they have peace for the present. These must give me leave to tell them that they put themselves upon a desperate hazard and adventure. Number one, who can promise unto himself one minute of time more than the present, since every man's breath is in his nostrils, ready to expire every moment? Besides, the Spirit saith, God does bring wicked men to desolation as in a moment. Psalm seventy-three nineteen, And again, he that being often warned hardens his neck shall suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Proverbs 29, 1. Number two, suppose they may have time, yet whether they shall have grace to believe and repent is much to be doubted. For the longer repentance is delayed, the heart is more hardened and indisposed to repentance through the deceitfulness of sin. Hebrews 3, 12, 13, 15, 19. And it is a judgment of God upon such as are not led to repentance by the riches of God's goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, that he should leave them to their impenitent hearts that cannot repent, so treasuring up to themselves wrath against the day of wrath. Romans 2, 6. Custom in sin does so root and habituate it in man that it will be as hard for him by his own will and power to repent hereafter. He neglecting God's present call and offer of grace as it is for the Ethiopian to change his skin or the leopard his spots. Jeremiah eight twenty three. It cannot be denied but that God is free, and if he please, may open a door of hope and gate of mercy unto the most obstinate sinner who has deferred his repentance to his old age. Hosea 2.15 Wherefore, if such an one find his heart to be broken with remorse for his former sins and is troubled in conscience, for that his sin of not accepting of God's grace when it was offered, I wish him to humble himself before God and entertain hope, for God has promised pardon to the penitent whensoever they repent. Ezekiel eighteen twenty one twenty two. And though no man can repent when he will, yet such an one may hope that God is now giving him repentance in that he has touched his heart and made it to be burdened with sin. Yet for all this hope which I give to such a man, know that it is very 
seldom to be found, that those who continued to despise grace until old age did ever repent. But God left them justly to perish in their impenitency because they despised the means of grace and the season in which he did call them to repentance and offered to them his grace whereby they might repent. God deals with all sinners usually as he said he would do, and as he did to Judah. Because I would have purged thee, said he, that is, I took the only course to purge thee and bring thee to repentance, and thou wast not purged. Therefore, thou shalt not be purged from thy filthiness any more till I have caused my fury to rest on thee. Ezekiel twenty four thirteen. Thus I have endeavored to discover and remove the false grounds and misapplication of true grounds whereby the conscience is deluded and brought into a dangerous and false peace. To conclude, he that would not be deceived with a false peace instead of a true must beware of obstinacy, delight in, and senselessness of sin. For this sears the conscience as with a hot iron, 1 Timothy 4.2. Now a seared conscience is quiet with a false peace, not because there is no danger, but because it does not feel it. Great Care must be taken, therefore, lest the conscience be seared, being made senseless and hard, for then it does altogether, or for the most part, forbear to check or accuse for sin, be it never so heinous. This searedness is caused by a willful, customary living in any sin, but especially by living in any gross sin or in the allowance of and delight in any known sin, also by allowed hypocrisy and dissimulation in anything, First Timothy 4.2, and by doing anything contrary to the clear light of nature planted in a man's own head or heart, Romans one twenty seven, Jude 10, Ephesians four eighteen nineteen, or contrary to the clear light of grace shining in the motions of the spirit in the checks of conscience and in the instructions of the word Hebrews ten twenty six. This concludes episode fifty one of Henry Scudder's the Christian's Daily Walk.